I'm Becky Forsyth, and this is the Icelandic Art Centre podcast out there. And I'm Thorde Tinnaseradóttir, co-host of this podcast, where we will delve into the Icelandic art scene in conversations with artists and other professionals in the field. We're so lucky to have Perry stay with us today as part of Out There. Uh, Patty, Perry took up the position of director at Skaftfett in May 2022. And prior to that, she was at the Metropolitan Museum of New York for eight years, where she was senior manager of administration, collections, and curatorial projects in the Department of Modern and Contemporary Art. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also acted as a consulting curator for the American Scandinavian Foundation and has a large career uh, as an art historian and curator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an exciting time for Skaftfett to, you know, switch their directorship and um, have Perry join us here in Iceland. Uh, she's going to talk about her hopes for the future of Skaftfet, what's new, what's changing, what they're reflecting on this year, which is celebrating the 25th anniversary of the organization. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to kind of look at, you know, just reflect on the past of Skaftfet. Skaftfet has such a big kind of role to play within the east of Iceland. Um, and it's it has like a, both a very international profile, but also kind of contributes to the well-being of the community around it as well as you know engaging with different communities in the east both like you know youth young adults children but also engaging and of course with the residencies getting some artists over and kind of to just inspire the artistic community um, in Seydisfjörður that is there all year around and then you know not necessarily inspire but like also just share and like have an exchange with the artistic community there and be inspired themselves by kind of the history and you know the significance of Seydisfjörður to Iceland as well which almost became kind of the capital it, yeah it, it was close I think because that's also one of kind of two entry points to the country is through Seydisfjörður by the ferry. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot to cover with Patty. Yeah, I think we're both really excited to hear more about how she imagines this idea of a Skaftfell community mm-hmm. and what that means and what projects are on the upcoming calendar for mm-hmm. the organization. Yeah, you can definitely sense that she is... Uh, devoting her kind of directorship to, how do you say, initiating or at least nurturing and facilitating 
um, collaborations with other artistic initiatives in the fjord, which is, I think, a key premise for for the community, artistic community, to thrive there. But we're also going to, Becky, we're also going to try a new thing after our conversation, which is debuting the artwork of the month section. Yeah, a small edition that gives some insight into a specific work that, you know, is related to something going on out there in the the general art community. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, we're going to dedicate the first section to a work by Ragnar Kertorsson, but you'll have to listen to the conversation we have with Perry first. But Perry does actually have um, a history with working with Ragnar when she was in her position in New York. So that was the exhibition, for example, that was Ragnar Kertorsson's Death is Elsewhere, which was co-organized with Jennifer Farrell and debuted at the Metropolitan in 2019. So that's a fun fun kind of overlap between the two segments, this, this edition, this episode. Mm. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so these are some field recordings Jan Kertitska recorded while he was staying in Skafet, um, in residency. Um, so yeah, have a listen before we talk more about it in conversation with Pari. We've just listened to some field recordings made by the Czech artist in residence in Moskvatvet, Jan Kurtichka. Yes, and we can we can maybe ask you a bit more about that that co- collaboration and project later, Patty. We're so excited to have you, Patty, in the studio with us today. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited to be here with the two of you. Mm. You traveled today all the way from Sederspiers. I did. Where you are the current director of Skaftvet. Yes. Um, maybe to lead us into this conversation, you can. Uh, we're coming up on a year of of you in this director role. Uh, what led you to Sederspiers? Yeah, I visited Sederspiers about five years ago. I. Um, wanted to take a photography course one for one day, a tutorial with uh, Jessica Auer, the Canadian photographer who lives there and runs the Stranden studio with her partner's weights. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she, I, we spent a day together, and that's what, that's the first time I drove over Fjardahedi <laughs> <laughs> and saw this beautiful jewel-like town at the bottom of the the mountain pass, and uh, then I visited again a few times to see exhibitions at Skaftfeld when Gavin was the um, director. Uh, so 
Yeah, I had had an imp- a very clear impression of it in my mind as this place, <laughs> sort of at the ends of the world, mm-hmm. um, but also very connected. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. It's great to have you here, and also just uh, congratulations with the twenty fifth anniversary this year for Scafed Lart Center. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about you more in general. I mean, now you are the director of the art center in Seydisfjordskafet. Um, can you tell us a bit more about kind of what led you, yeah, led you to Seydisfjordskafet? Uh, well, when I learned that Gavin left the position, it occurred to me that it was it would be an interesting job to have. And um, it's a long, long story, but, you know, I'd been in my job at the Met for eight and a half years and uh, through COVID. And uh, and it just felt like if I was going to make a big change in my life, I would do it now or never. Mm-hmm. And it was like, in a way, one of the most extreme changes I could make. And I was up for that. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was something I wanted so it was a bit of an experiment for me, but um, but as I said at the beginning, I see Scuffedfelt as this kind of gem, um, and I you know it it has this uh, distinguished history as a place of pedagogy and experimentation and um, just this rich history of everyone who's come before all the great directors and artistic directors, and mm-hmm. uh, I just felt like I had the right skill set to offer Skaftfeldt and maybe help make it a more financially stable and um, place Mm -hmm. and, you know, just uh, uh, be more more collaborative Mm -hmm. with other organizations in, say, this year there, in the East, uh, in Iceland, outside of Iceland, just open it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keeping its... Essential character mm-hmm. as so well formed over the years, but just seeing what could be, seeing yeah. what could be to- in talking and working with two and working with others. I think one thing that has been one thing that has been reoccurring is kind of the word curator in Icelandic, um, and the word curator in the English understanding is yeah, we know what that is, but in the Icelandic translation of it, it isn't really the same as like the Latin source of curare or, you know, taking care of, but it's actually more seeningarstjore, uh, which is exhibition manager. Yes. So it's both kind of the curating aspect, but then also the project management and fundraising elements, because especially in Iceland, I think generally people tend to wear many hats with the exhibition manager title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially when you're in the in the periphery or like in the countryside. So I think uh, from your past experience, both as curator and an administrator of exhibitions and fundraising, I think you kind of wear the title scene in Kastiore very well. I don't if you could tell us maybe also a bit about your, you know, history and like a career as well. Sure. Um, I studied art history at the graduate level at the Institute of Fine Arts and Initially, I went into work in a foundation that was supporting arts. So I learned from the sort of insider funder uh, perspective how 
projects get funded and what sorts of applications are needed. And then I, for a long time, worked for a um, corporate-sponsored art gallery. There mm -hmm. was a, a time in New York when there were corporate collections and corporate-sponsored galleries. The Whitney had several satellites in corporate buildings uh, for a while. And, um, and that was interesting because we developed an exhibition program based on the idea of showing exhibitions and research by art historians and curators that would not otherwise come to New York. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty fascinating. There were all kinds of things we did from, you know, Venetian fashion in the 18th century to um, music boxes made in Switzerland by contemporary artists. There <laughs> were just a wild range of things. And mm -hmm. it was it was in that role I was um, supporting curators and artists in the projects that they wanted to realize. That that was my role, and that was and I love doing that. That's really at the core of what I love to mm -hmm. do, and I'm willing to willing, and I enjoy um, and I embrace all the stuff that comes with that. Mm -hmm. uh, working with technicians, working with you know guards, working with fundraising, uh, insurance, you know, all of it, all of mm -hmm. it. I, I, it's all fascinating to me, the, the technical side of putting on exhibitions. Um, but I curate, too. And when I <clears throat> worked at Scandinavia House as a consulting curator, I did a number of exhibitions, and that's when I kind of really fell in love with Scandinavian art and Icelandic art in particular. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to the Met, for eight and a half years where mm -hmm. I managed the Department of Modern and Contemporary Art, working very closely with Sheena Wagstaff, the chairman of the department, and was big staff, 20, from time to time, 24 to 26 people, and mm -hmm. big budget and multi-exhibitions. We were at that time managing the, <clears throat> the, uh, the Met Breuer Boy. and developing that program. So it was, yeah, wearing many hats and multitasking and mm -hmm. just having my fingers in everything. Um, yeah, so that's my background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we put that into context in terms of scale, you're now at Skaftfeld, which is, you know, as Tina said, in uh, a regional area of, of Iceland. Although, as you mentioned, it's, it's deeply connected on an international level. Um, what does your day-to-day -day look like now? I mean, the staff is, of course drastically smaller and yeah, at the moment we're one <laughs> that's me yeah, okay. um, because um, my uh, co-worker is on maternity leave mm -hmm. um, it, it is a difference in scale radical difference in scale but the problems are the, the same mm -hmm. you know there's just never enough money and never enough staff and so you're constantly and this was at the Met too you're constantly sort of determining what, what's the most we can do with the resources we have? And um, in, in Seydisfjordr, which is, you know, well off the Route 1 beaten path, mm -hmm. um, we have resources of community, other arts organizations within the community. Mm -hmm. We talk to each other on a regular basis. We, you know, collaborate with one another um, and, you know, leverage what, each of us has. I, I hope that we can do more and more of this in the future because it's, I think, the, the way for a small 
but intense art community to function, you know, optimally and efficiently and, you know, so that we all grow together and we all, all boats rise at once. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so, but I, I love the small, small scale of it. I really do. I, I just, uh, I like, you know, the day to day you talk, ask me about the day-to-day activities. I love the day-to-day interaction with the people who are running the bistro, with the artists who are in residence. Like, you know, I would really like to have even more contact with the artists in residence um, and involve them more. What I, what I really want to do is to create a kind of scuffed-up community um, of the artists who are staying there, the people who are working in the bistro, um, you know, uh, artists who might be working on projects with us, curators who might be working on projects with us, and then the sort of liaising with other organizations in the community. I just want it to be like a, you know, a community Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. of activity. Mm -hmm. And with Mm -hmm. the history of the place and, you know, kind of the legacies of the the Scaffold Group, when it was founded in 1997, 1998, there was like legally, you know, an uh, art center. Um, but maybe also for the listeners that are interested in, you know, applying for a residency at Scaffold and just interested in Scaffold in general, it would be nice to maybe for you to map out kind of the, how do you say, like the the core of Scaffold. So, I mean, it's the exhibition program, uh, that is very uh, ambitious, and then also the residencies, and then also there's the pedagogy or mm-hmm. the. Yeah, um, we're right now kind of rethinking what the residency program can and should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'd, I'd like I, I've ne- never run a residency program before, um, so I'm still learning. But it seems to me it would be nice for artists to be able to stay longer than they generally do, which mm-hmm. is usually one month. So what it is is um, we have one building built in 1907, and it's three stories, and that basically represents what we do. Mm-hmm. The ground floor is the bistro, the second floor is the gallery, and then uh, and the third floor is an artist's residence, which we're currently occupying as an office, but it will probably return to being a residence. It's a beautiful space, mm-hmm. you know, with wonderful light and a lot of lot of space in which to work and two bedrooms and a library of artists' books, um, which uh, which is really a wonderful thing to have and a long tradition at uh, Scaffeld anyway. And... What has been the process up till now is uh, a once a year open call for artist applications. Uh, I think last year we had a little over a hundred uh, artists applying, and um, generally the uh, residencies are in the fall, in the winter, in the spring. They haven't been in December, mm-hmm. uh, and then not in the summer because the the character of the town changes in. In the summer summertime, mm-hmm. it's uh, the houses that would normally be used for the residents to stay in uh, become, you know, Airbnb mm-hmm, rentals mm-hmm. because it's the best way for uh, the owners to 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 you know to make money on their properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been a good thing for owners in the winter time in the off season mm-hmm. for us to rent the houses. In an ideal world, we would own our own residencies and be able to have residents come 
at any time of the year, at all, all during all year round, mm-hmm. and um, and it would be you know in an, in an ideal world, some of the residencies we have would be thematic or directed in a way. Mm-hmm. We could maybe even work with curators on that. Are there any residencies internationally or even here within Iceland that you you look towards uh, in terms of inspiration for developing this program or for collaboration? Well, Skaftelt is in a group called NARCA, the uh, the Nordic Alliance of uh, Artists Residencies for Climate Action. And so I've, I'm beginning to get to know those programs, and they're very impressive. Um, you know, one of them is Cove Park in Scotland. Another is Artica Svalbard. In, uh, Artica Svalbard. Uh, in, in, in you know north of Norway, um, but they're all doing fascinating things. And um, what I look to uh, is their efforts to be more sustainable, to have um, residents, you know, in- encourage them to have slow travel to the residency site, uh, to stay longer, to have, you know, not just visual artists, but also writers, poets, researchers, scientists, um, you know, have a much more multidisciplinary um, activity going on. Uh, and that would be great. <laughs> that would be really great. But first we have to have more places for people to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other uh, wonderful thing at Skaftfeldt is that we're in a group of lo- local arts organizations within the community. Uh, it's a kind of collective, uh, we call it Prentwerk, say this year there it's mm-hmm. a it's a printmaking workshop uh in sort of in the tradition of Dieter Roth's uh you know activities and say this year they're making prints and um we have we hold workshops we have it open for artists to use to make prints we, we just last week had a group of 15 students from Lista Hauskuli Islands uh in many who study in many different disciplines you know architecture film mm-hmm. not just visual arts graphic arts and they all work together, you know, night and day mm-hmm. uh, to to learn the craft of printmaking. And then they put on an exhibition themselves. You know, mm-hmm. they learned the, the the process of, you know, exhibition making, which was very interesting for them, too. So we had that was just a phenomenal experience and mm-hmm. more more residencies like that, too, with mm-hmm. with people who are, you know, working together in a collaborative way. What you're describing is something that I think a lot of um, people who come from abroad find immediately here in Iceland and and fall in love with. Uh, it's often unfamiliar to them in in their home locations. Mm-hmm. Is that your experience? Is this something that's very particular to Iceland? Or I I don't I don't know enough to be able to answer that question. But I I what I have observed in Iceland that I just absolutely love is the way that artists, established artists, are so involved in the education process, especially at the higher education levels. I mean, I I know it's it's a job, so it's a means of making a living, but it just seems like there's such... um, it's such a mentoring process in this country. You know, you you once you've kind of arrived at you know as a as a working artist as with a reputation and a body of work you know under your un, under your belt, um, then you it seems like there's just every opportunity to then work with younger 
artists who were up and coming and mm-hmm. and give back and that strikes me as something that was has been in development in Iceland for a very long time and it's it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. it really is mm-hmm. but i i don't know how i don't think it's the same in new york at all mm-hmm. yeah and i guess also on that note it will be nice to also just I'm not fishing for compliments on behalf of the Icelandic art scene, but I'm just going to ask, like, I don't know, you can also be critical, of course, no one's perfect, but I don't know what, because you, 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 you come from New York and you were, like, raised and raised there, as I understand. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be also just invaluable to have your insight on, like, I don't know, how you now see kind of the Icelandic art scene just more in generally not in in regards necessarily to the students but like also just like I don't know what are your thoughts yeah I mean I so just um I was born in New York and I have lived most of my life in New York mm-hmm. lived yeah. and worked in New York um because you are so few as you say uh there's much more um mutual support it's as if uh Everyone wants everyone else to succeed Mm -hmm. and is willing to be supportive of the other, whether it means actual, you know, help and assistance in bringing something about, but, um, or just, you know, showing up at their openings. And it's also a multifaceted um, art, 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 art community, Mm -hmm. you know, people working in all kinds of directions and, you know, and with all kinds of, um, you know, different, uh, how can I say this? Um, anyway, it's, 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 it's just, it, there's a, there's, there's, there aren't factions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one community of, of people who are doing many, many different things. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's a mute, it seems to be a mutually supportive community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes I hear this or that about how yeah. it isn't, but I mean, compared to New York, which is an extremely competitive mm-hmm. environment, um, it's, it's there's there's no comparison mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think I think yeah, I agree with you, and I think I mean, I think there's definitely also just in the kind of recent podcasts we've been making with the University of the Arts, for example, or IVAC, Artist Visa, Artists in Iceland Visa Action Group, and. You know, obviously there is still like groups that are excluded, but I, I think on our journey and my journey with Becky here, I think there is a air of change and like kind of expanding, but hopefully then also. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, I, there is quite often um, this idealized vision of, of what this scene is. And I think it, to, in many ways it is truth. Um, there's a reason why so many people seek Uh, being creative here Um, but there is of course this uh, downfall where it's difficult to be critical with each other which is something that you know can also be constructive and and you're right that this this conversation is opening up it's expanding and I think in the end it it will bring positive change Mm -hmm. um, and contribute to helping to cultivate this uh, supportive atmosphere yeah I I have encountered some artists who come from abroad who, who you know, have tried to break into the art world here um, in doing portfolio reviews and in some cases working with them. And um, I think some have had some struggles, mm. but 
I've heard from others that there is a lot of embrace. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking of Nirmin El Ansari, Mm -hmm. who is someone we'll be working with at Skaftfeld in the late fall this year. And, you know, she felt very welcomed here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, and embraced, in fact, and Claire Pogram and Mm -hmm. uh, Lucas Bury, others who, you know, who just seem to, you know, just mm-hmm. get caught up in the mm-hmm. um, in the community, mm-hmm. and of course, like with any other place, there is a moment in time, and sometimes you come in in the right moment in time, mm-hmm. moment and place, <laughs> mm-hmm. not moment time. But this might be a good moment for us in time to <laughs> talk about uh, kind of maybe maybe the projects you've been working on and leading at Scafet, uh, more exhibition projects. Maybe we can like. If you want to share with us any exciting things now coming up? Yeah. Um, well, um, the next exhibition we open will be in May, on the 5th of May. And it's, we're calling it the Arctic Creatures Revisited. So it is the exhibition that the three artists, Hrabkart um, Sigurdsson, uh, Oskar Jonasson, and Stefan Jonsson, did together in a pop-up at last summer and uh, I I thought it was a fascinating exhibition um, arising out of their hikes together in the wilderness of Iceland and it it occurred to me that there was very little written about it or or, you know interpreted from it Mm -hmm. so we so I asked them if they would show at Skavdjalt and I've commissioned someone um, to uh, write an essay about the work from the perspective of um, climate crisis, mm-hmm. because you know that the it's not that that they necessarily set out to do this, but the work nonetheless um, addresses this idea, this this of uh, you know ocean plastics pollution, and what a problem it has become uh, globally, mm-hmm. and then on the shores of Iceland in particular. And um, so, not only will we be interpreting the work more than it was so done so here in, in Reykjavik. But we'll also have a program mm-hmm. with the guys uh, and also some artists who will be in residence, photographers in residence at Strunden mm-hmm. and the municipality where we will take young people and in, into the fjord and pick up ocean plastics that are along the shores and then learn from these artists who will be there the craft of telling stories uh, through works of art. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, the story of, you know, the, the degradation of the environment. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, you know, we're getting more juice out of, of the exhibition um, and in a different context and different place and different sort of in, interpret, interpretation of the work. Mm-hmm. Just... Um, talking about this, I want to mention Marple Crowd's piece, Erland or Either or Oath, straight translated. It's a beautiful piece that you should maybe look up. I can send you the link yeah, about it. Because it's basically <laughs> these, uh, how do you say, island, like people that are stranded in an island. And it's a dance slash visual art piece that is performed on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a total... Yes, Ude Durer segue from our conversation, but it's, it has overlaps. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also know that you have the autumn exhibition kind of roughly drafted as well. 
Yeah, I'm trying an experiment. I don't know if you do this in Iceland, but we do this in the States all the time in the art world. I'm going I'm organizing um, an anniversary dinner in celebration of Scaffeld's 25th anniversary, and it will be timed with the opening of an exhibition on um, visual poetry mm-hmm. uh, curated by Austafani. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the other artists participating would be Anne Carson, Austafani Sigurdardóttir, Jokies, Kristin Omarsdóttir, and Ragnar Helgi Olafsson. And then also I heard Birgir Andrison yes. is also going to have some works yeah. there. And maybe a work by Ronnie Horn and maybe others. But wow. in, in any case, um, we're going to have the dinner in the gallery with the works of art around us and kind of in kind of spiritual homage to Dieter Roth and use it as a fundraising opportunity and just create the celebratory event mm-hmm. um, and this is open to the wider public well it will be it has to be by invitation because we, well, it's, it's a matter of how many people we can mm-hmm. fit mm-hmm. but the minister has said that she would come oh. to the dinner and the mayor of Mulathing and yeah so I'm um, hoping to mark the the end of 25 years and the beginning of the next mm-hmm. quarter century for Skaftfeld sounds great mm-hmm. sounds really good I mean, I think the most one of the most important things that I need to do in my job is to make sure that there's financial stability, mm-hmm. um, and then the artistic direction. You know, just just de- determining through conversations with a lot of other people and just you know just observation of the whole scene in general, what our place is. What ah. Skeftfeld's places in the in the whole mix of things? So what can what can we do that is unique mm-hmm. and uniquely serves the art community? And I would definitely say one thing we can offer is you know time and solitude and space you know in which to to work, whether it's an idea that needs to be worked through a, you know completing a. a something you're writing or something, you know, a project you're creating. I think that's the value of being able to go so far away from home and really just focus without distraction on, on, on the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a very supportive community where if something is needed, it will be found, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a way. Um, yeah, and I think... That is something that is so unique with Skafet is is this, even though it is like the almost the furthest point you can go from the capital, it still offers this, as you said, solitude and like um, space to reflect and, and I think it's really important that you're also thinking about having the residents staying maybe a bit longer in the future. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. To that point, maybe that's a good time to bring up this uh, Czech artist, Jan Kurtička, who came as part of an um, international project we're working on with um, a Czech, an organization in the Czech Republic um, called, called Gardening of Soul. But he was a resident artist for a month, and it was, I think, important to him to have time away and just to work on, uh, he's a sound artist, uh, just to work on the recordings that he wanted to make. 
And in the course of this, something really extraordinary happened. Um, we went to Slauterhuset in Eilstad there to hear the concert of two Polish composers who were in residence there. And Jan met them, and then the three of them went to Tvisonger, the you know, extraordinary public artwork in, in Sejdesjordar. And they, the, the Polish artists helped Jan with a recording of something he wanted to make there. They, having made a recording in Tvisonger themselves. So there was, even though this was a very, you know, this is a very far away and remote place, these artists from different parts of Europe converged and met converged there and met, happened to meet each other, and then it ended up working on something together. Um, and I think the possibilities for things like that are incredible. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can create the circumstances where that kind of thing can happen, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it is so important to also just like say this further for those of you maybe who don't know say this further. It's a uh, basically only entry point into Iceland kind of still at the moment or it has been historically the only other entrance point to Iceland other than the Keflavik airport because of the ferry that comes there during the summer um, so it is it has this fascinating history as well and has a very big historical significance the first land telephone line and <laughs> yeah. technical aspect. The Atlantic Cable, mm-hmm. yeah, which made say this further for a time the most modern city in Iceland. Mm-hmm. City, it, well, town, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the runner-up for being the capital for for some moment in time uh, in history. Mm-hmm. It was Reykjavik or say this further that would be the the capital. Um, yeah, this really I think comes full circle in terms of connectedness and and where uh, how the place functions as a meeting point for all different uh, individuals and and their abilities Mm -hmm. but it has to be said that it's not without its fragility Mm -hmm. the town of Sejdesfjordr it is vulnerable to avalanches and mudslides it has only a limited buildable area uh, when you consider that you can only build in pl- in parts of the town that aren't threatened by either one of those things. Uh, and then there's this, uh, you know, oil leak from the tanker that's at the bottom of the fjord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the um, other other threats to the environment mm-hmm. that, that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a very, very delicate balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that is the... I think also the majority of the residents there, art inclined or not, are also very aware of the kind of dire consequences of it being this, uh, like with the El Grillo, the boat that is on the bottom of the fjord that still has the oil in it, and and also now current debates in Iceland around uh, fish farming yes. in the fjord, and also obviously like with the most known uh, port of Italy, Venice, you know, with the, you know, cruise ships and ferries. It, it's a delicate ecology there. It is. It is. Just how much can it take? Mm-hmm. You know. I think it's important that you're aware of this, and I think everyone is, and and 
it's good that you have are having this group of artists for the summer show as well to kind of also be in dialogue with the reality of the climate climate change in the world now. Yeah, I mean, our biggest audience in the summertime is going to be the people who come from the cruise ships mm-hmm. and who come in by car, you mm-hmm. know, basically visitors mm-hmm. uh, from elsewhere. And so it is, in a way, an opportunity to... Uh, yeah, maybe it's a in a playful way, but it's also very serious to point out that there are these issues that an island nation or you know any co- any nation with a coast grapples with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I think we need to wrap it up soon. So maybe it maybe you can tell us a little bit about the song choice you chose, which was "Fake Empire" by the National. Yeah. Do you know the song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to it a lot since I arrived here, which is why it just came to me that that would have to be the song. Um, for two reasons. One, I just love the the syncopation, the the beat. It's just it's, it has a kind of gallop to it that I love. But more than anything, it just makes me think of my home country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe not in the most favorable way. You know, This um, my son is 28 years old and, you know, it's, he's, you know, it's what are, what what is this world he's living in in, in the United States that I have now just left <laughs> uh, for a while anyway. And, you know, just, uh, you know, the, the demise of, of American culture, mm-hmm. American life, which I feel in that song. Yeah, it's a good song from also, they also come from New York. Yeah, the Brooklyn. Band. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been great to have you here. And and yeah, I think, thank you for coming. Thank you yeah. for having me. Great to talk to you. It's so wonderful. <laughs> Bye-bye. Stay out super late tonight Picking apples, making pies Put a little something in our lemonade And take it with us, we're half awake In a fake empire We're half awake in a fake empire Tiptoe through our shiny city With our diamond slippers on Do our gay ballet nights Bluebirds on our shoulders We're half awake in a fake empire We're half awake in a fake empire
welcome back. That was Patty's selected song, Fake Empire by The National. We're testing out a new addition to the show, the artwork of the month. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we're going to actually yeah, test this out and talk about an artwork in focus, which will be one of Ragnar Kjartansson's work that is titled No Tomorrow. And it's from the two thousand. It's from the year two thousand twenty-two, and it's a the product of a collaboration between Kjartansson and the choreographer Margaret Bjarnadóttir, and also has the soundscape or yeah, the sound is designed by composer Bryce Dessner, and it consists of eight dancers that kind of. Um, are dancing around the space or are choreographed in movements with uh, guitar, acoustic guitar, um, and they kind of form some ethereal, translucent carousel of kind of meticulously constructed choreographies. Um, And it's, yeah, quite impressive and... As with other work of Ragnar, it's kind of, you know, the setting is kind of designed in a very specific way, which is always kind of this dialogue with theater set design. Um, yeah. What what do you think about the work, Becky? Mm-hmm. The work was recently presented as part of the performance um, festival at the Reykjavik Art Museum. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So local audiences had the opportunity to see it in in the port there in the museum. Um, and, you know, as with Ragnar's work, it, it uh, was durational or is durational and, um, yeah, based on, you know, this use of repetition as a method mm-hmm. and uh, working with different artists in different forms to... Theatrical performance. Mm-hmm. Um, this work is part of the upcoming exhibition at the Louisiana in Denmark, which will open on June 9th and is listed on the museum's website as one of the must-see exhibitions of 2023, mm-hmm. reference to the art newspaper. Um, so this exhibition will present Ragnar's works in a variety of media um, ranging from drawing and painting to these performances and and large scale spatial works, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a big moment for Ragnar because it's like the one of the first kind of retrospective, like a big retrospective of his work. So it will include works that are older than No Tomorrow is. It's like will span like a lot of his career and will kind of show highlights and maybe more lesser known works as well um so it's yeah it's like kind of a milestone in the artist's career to be having this big exhibit Mm -hmm. in louisiana yeah Mm -hmm. so if you're in Köpen and you want to go check out some Icelandic or art from Iceland you should definitely go to the opening or you know make sure you visit the exhibition which is will open in Louisiana now in the beginning of June and it will just yeah kind of showcase the an array of video art painting sculptures and drawings from Ragnar yeah with well-known work as well as lesser known Mm -hmm. 
as we, as we can expect, there'll be a lot about love, identity, melancholy, you know, mm-hmm. carrying through his central themes. Yeah, as well as the visitors, which was kind of maybe to people that are um, that know the Icelandic art scene well, the visitors was titled the best artwork of the 21st century, which was kind of a big moment for Iceland. <laughs> Woo. Um, but yeah, that was um, allocated to the visitors from The Guardian in 2019. But yeah, it will be exciting to to go and see the show. Well, I guess we'll see you there. <laughs>